everybody. How are you? It's Rob here, Rob Wynn. I am back doing this podcast for four special episodes where I am uh, chatting with a friend of mine who I made in Istanbul, a guy called Benji. That's uh, his nickname. You'll actually find out his real name in the podcast, in the uh, chat, I should say. Um, I have been away for a while because of many reasons. I'm trying to set up businesses. I have one on on the way, but some difficulties, as usual. Uh, I, I don't want to spend too long chatting here because I've had to split it up into four sections because we chatted for about two hours. All of it is interesting, but he is from Syria. So you get, or I got to learn about life for somebody from Syria who who was living under a dictatorship. And it's really fascinating stuff. So I won't say too much now, you can listen to it. The first part in this podcast. But I'm also going to let you know about my three-month stay, over three months, three and a half months stay in Istanbul. The highlights of it, not that many highlights, I've got to be honest. Um, It was the worst place I've ever been to. And I'll cover a few of the reasons why. Um, I stayed in eight different places. Some hostels, um, friend's apartment. Uh, I did have one time a private apartment for myself that was lovely but too short Um, and also it was my first time working for work away which is a a website workaway.org where you can find places across the world to to go to to stay at and help them with something and they let you stay there for free and often give you some food as well. So I would highly recommend going to work away. Despite that, the two places I did work for, I had some problems. Um, I can get to the first one right now. The first place I went to was Hanchi Hostel, and that is located in the south of uh, Imanunu. I just had to do a simple job on reception, so it was really easy. I kind of enjoyed it but the problem problem was the manager who was uh, this Russian guy I can't remember his name it was something like Peter but Peter the Russian Peter whatever that is Um, and he was not a people person and he was racist Um, so that's not ideal I was not a fan of him he did not like Arabian people and he I knew that because he actually wrote it in the guidelines for volunteers Um, so he did what a lot of small minded blinkered people do he summed up about a billion people um, by the experiences that he'd had with a few of them Uh, I said to him listen your, your comments are racist and he disagreed. He brushed it off. It was like nothing to him. 
So that was not a great start. But the owners of the hostel were lovely and very welcoming. And I got on with them really well. And I had a job to do. So I did it. And I stayed there for about three weeks. And then, Peter, something happened where I got blamed for something, which I def- I didn't do. It was to do with some washing or something silly like that. And so I just thought, no, I've had enough. So I left after about three weeks. And I was looking for uh, another hostel. And I found um, one called Nostalgia Hostel, which was near Taksim Square. So it was a it was a chance to go to somewhere different. And I'd been to that place before just to sightsee around that area because that's a very popular place for tourists, really busy. And this was in like January, late January, early Feb when I was there. And there's loads of hostels in Istanbul. But I chose this one because... It had great reviews and it had a low price and it had a kitchen. So those are the really three things I'm looking for in a hostel. But I um, I soon realised why the price was so low. It was really basic. Um, it just had one room for males, one room for females. It had really small space for breakfast, literally just one table had two showers, had one toilet, which had a leak. So there was like water on the floor. And you had to put on these communal flip-flops every time you wanted to go to the toilet. So I was thinking, why did this place have such good reviews? And the reason was the owner, a lovely guy called Abdullah. Straight away, he kind of he liked me a lot because... He, our birthdays were really close, I think, for some reason. He liked that. Um, I'm trying to think. I think we were the same age as well. Maybe we were born within a few days. I think that was the, the connection. Um, so that helped me out because he, again, he, he was kind to everyone, but um, I think I had a little a special place uh, in his heart. He respected that I felt for him and his situation because he he was having a tough time of it at this hostel he had a staff member who was sick so he was doing everything on his own there had been a fire um on the second floor because there were two floors but the f- second floor was totally wiped out by this fire you know there was obviously more space up there maybe more rooms i'm presuming um, and also the kitchen was up there, which meant that there was no kitchen. So that was not good news because I like to be able to cook my own food. And one of another guy that came later, he kind of wanted the same thing. Um, Jonas, I'll explain about him in a second. If you can notice a difference in the sound, it's because I've had to move from my first studio my mum's house, to my own personal studio, the cabin at the end of the garden, which I have to stay in, due to coronavirus. I hope you are all well and staying safe. So where was I? At Nostalgia Hostel. I met a couple of, well, 
three guys in particular. The first two were both called Mohammed. Let's just, well, I did call one Mo and the other one Simo. And I met them on the first night in the room. Very friendly guys. I would say that one of them, Mo, was a little bit of a bastard. He one of those likeable bastards. Um, he, he had a girlfriend, but he was a player. Um, he Actually, the last time I saw him, we went to a club and there was me and him and this uh, this woman called Nur. She was a goer and uh, she would give it out to anybody that wanted it, it seemed. All the respect in the world to her, she's a lovely girl, but um, yeah, she was, she was up for it. Uh, not my type, but Mo, <laughs> he was a young man, he, he didn't care and he didn't care that he had a girlfriend. He just uh, went for it. So they um, didn't stay in the club for long, they just got on with it. Uh, and that night actually was a success, um, but I can't remember it that well because I'm afraid I was very, very drunk. Um, Simo, uh, you can actually see a picture of him on my Instagram at Robwin or at Trip Fixer Travel Team. Um, and also, you can see in the IGTV some videos of my time at. Hanchi Hostel. I did a little bit of video footage of not at uh, Nostalgia Hostel, but I did the one after that. So please do go and join, follow, and all that. So I was talking, yeah, so I met them, and that first night, you know, there's a few guys in there, about six guys, and in the middle of the night, two guys were just talking, and daytime talking, not nighttime talking. So I wasn't pleased with that. So I did have a word with Abdullah about this. And he said I could go into the female room because there was no one in the female room. So I was chuffed with that. So I went there and Mo came with me. Simo stayed with the guys, but Mo came with me. And then Jonas came. So he's a Swedish guy. I think, I think Mo was Moroccan. Or Egyptian, maybe Egyptian. Simo was definitely Moroccan, but yeah. So we we were there, and Jonas, yeah, Swedish, early forties. Really got on well with Jonas, um, and yeah, we were friends until we had to leave. Uh, he went back to Sweden. Jonas has a medical condition, so he needs to eat particular diets so he needs a kitchen to cook his own food so again he was not pleased uh, like me and we had a word with Abdullah and he kindly offered us another hostel hostel in, in inverted commas because it was really just an apartment top floor of an apartment like an open plan room with a bunk bed and three single beds and a kitchen plus a separate private room with a double bed and a single bed so I did get that room um, I didn't 
demand it at all. I actually thought Jonas, I said, you know, Jonas, you can have it. But he he didn't want it. So I said, well, I'll have it then. So for the first few nights, three nights, I was in that room, in the double bed, on my own. And the other uh, three guys, because there was only four of us, um, I think. And maybe another guy, uh, I think he was... Middle Eastern, I'm not sure exactly where from. I want to say Tunisia. Anyway, so we, that was lovely, really enjoyed that. And I was sitting pretty, or, or lying pretty, in a double bed. Because Abdullah hadn't raised the money. It was still cheap as chips. Um, but unfortunately, loads more guys. When I say loads, I mean eight in total. So that was maximum. And two of them came into the, the 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 private room, so I had to move to the single, and they shared the double. And I thought, no, I'm not having this. I've got to go out of here. <laughs> so Abdullah, you know, I said to him, you know, I've got to move out of this. It, I mean, it's not like I'm being precious, but you know, Jonas would tell you, you know, I wouldn't say it was fairly big. I mean, for eight people, it was a squeeze. For four, perfect. For eight, it was too. It was too much of a squeeze, and you know they were young. You know, Mo and Zemo, they were early twenties. So you know they were talking late into the night. Um, it wasn't so bad for me in the private room, but Jonas really he struggled because he was in that open plan room, um, and even Abdullah would come along at the, in the middle of the night, and he'd just be there and he'd be chatting with everyone. So I said to Abdullah, listen, I've got to leave. And he then offered me a, like a private apartment for only five days. But I took that. I snatched his hand off of that one. And it was one of the best times in terms of the privacy. You know, I had the privacy for five days. And yeah, I loved it. But it was just for five days. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I'll tell you what. I will pause on this story because I then move on to another hostel. But before I get to that, um, I'll, I'll get to that in tomorrow's podcast because I want to get to the chat with um, Benji. So I'm going to play that now and um, yeah, enjoy. Okie dokie. So I'm here with my Syrian friend, um, Benji. That's like a nickname, because yeah. I can't pronounce your actual name, I think, because it's yeah, quite I mean, a tough one. Yeah. Tell us your, your real name. My name is Yamin. Uh, oh, oh that's, that's really easy. Yeah. But that's not your full name, right? Your full name? No, it's not my last name. It's just my name is Yamin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm only just finding that out. We've known each other for about two months, <laughs> but I've been calling him Benji. So Yamin. Yeah, so you can call me Benji. My Turkish people call me Bunyamin. So it's like mix. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've known each other for a couple of months. Yep. While I've been in Istanbul. Um, we met through some friends from... Um, from Argentina. Well, yeah, and they were working at Harmony Hostel, where yeah. I was working as well, briefly. Um... And they've kind of all gone now, haven't they? Yeah, they 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 gone all of them. Yeah. I know. Um, one of them came back though. 
Is she still here? No, she did. She did uh, leave. She did leave. Yeah. How did she She's leave? She's in Sweden. I, I don't know. Oh, I thought we weren't allowed to leave. Yeah. Um, I am still in Istanbul now, but I am going to leave soon. Um, Friday. Fortunately, so in a few days' time. And I like to speak to people that aren't English and have learnt the language about how they have learnt it. And when did you start learning English? Actually, uh, since I was six years old, so I was watching movies and songs and listening songs. So I was really interesting in songs and movies, and I was, you know, you can say like very young. So I didn't learn my English from the school. I learned just from movies and songs because, you know, I was watching just English movies. Even my country movies, I cannot, I don't watch it normally. No. I don't like it. No. Okay. I like just English movies and even the songs, the same thing. So I was practice practicing always with my friends, like with my uh, <clears throat> cousins, mm. always with my brother. So it was a good thing for me. And my uncle lived in U.S., so I guess that uh, gave me a little bit uh, energy, you know, okay. because they always talk English, something like that. Right. And uh, I love the language. That's why I guess I learn it so fast. So it's just about hearing, you mm. know, the, the, all the language is like this. It's just about the hearing. You have to hear it good. Mm. Yeah, just like that. Do you, did you have lessons at school? No, no. no. Okay. Yeah. And so actually, I was have lessons at school, but it didn't help me. Actually, there was uh, uh, sometimes they talk about uh, they make uh, wrongs. Okay, so they make mistakes. Yeah, they make mistakes. So they don't uh, say it right. Right. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't teach it. They don't well. spell uh, the letters. Oh, spell. They, yeah, don't, they spell don't spell the letters. The letters okay. Right and right. some like Words that. Right. And that uh, was confusing for me. Right. Also. Yeah. That yeah. can be an issue in many countries. Yeah, I know in Brazil, in Brazil they say the teaching there is quite poor because they themselves don't know the language that well. Yeah. So they teach it poorly. Yeah, that, that's uh, the same thing in Turkey, you know. We was in Syria, we was open up on all the world. So it was a good, we was have a few people, they know English very good. Okay. Very good. They studied uh, Oxford University. Oxford, Oxford yes, 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 university. Then the, so they was uh, very good. Mm. But here in Turkey is a little bit different because Turkish people they are close about their language, most of them. Okay. Uh, there is open people. There mm. is people open up just like I can learn whatever I want. So, but uh, most of them they don't like to learn. Uh, they like to speak just in their language. Right. They feel it's like shame to speak in another languages. Really? It's shame, yeah. So that's why they don't respect anyone, don't speak Turkish, and he live in their country. Okay. So it's hard. And so I have a friend also, <laughs> a Turkish friend. So I was working at my shop. So she always say the cust tell the customers welcome. Mm. She don't say welcome. She say welcome like V. So I was telling her actually she she's now at university. It is bad thing you know mm. for a uh, university student to speak like this so mm. i told her it's not welcome it's welcome no she told me the doctor in the university he told her oh. it's welcome <laughs> oh god i said oh my god it's... And, and she's turkish <laughs> and she's turkish right. um so i, I try to ask you your age because just yeah say the... i'm 22 22 so you're really yeah. young yeah 
Um, and I just wanted to know, because you have told me before, and I'd love you to be able to ex- tell me about your experience, your life experience, because you're really young. Yeah. And you're an immigrant. Um, you've come from Syria, as a lot of people have done. Yeah. Let me know wh- why. Explain what happened. Uh, first few months, 2011. So, a so few... how old were you then? So you were. I was that time like 12. 12. Okay. Yeah, but I know what everything is about. Mm. It's about the revolution. So. So a few kids, they write uh, freedom. We want freedom mm. on the walls. Mm. So, so why, why were they saying they wanted freedom? Was there no freedom? No. They, no. What? Actually, there is no freedom. At that time? Yeah. Okay. Even now. Yeah. In uh, the regime places, mm. there is no freedom. Do you remember what it was like when there was freedom? There is no freedom. No, I, I wasn't born. Oh, so there no. hasn't been freedom there? Never. Your whole life? No. Okay. But before before the Assad regime, the people was have freedom. They can say whatever they want. They can speak about the regime. They can speak about, about even... They can speak even on the president, on himself. So about, about the president? It's not a problem. Okay. Yeah. But in the Assad regime time, it was a big issue to speak. You know, we was uh, have as something... Uh, we say it between each other, okay. the people. Yeah. When we say anything about the regime, we say, be careful, the walls got ears. Right. It's like yeah. everything Big got brother. ears. Yeah. yeah, so be careful. And when did the regime start? So the regime, the, the Assad family, they, they start uh, before 50, 53 years from now. Oh, so they've been yeah, so in he's, power he, for Yeah, he months, was his dad right, okay. first. And he didn't came in uh, the normal, like uh, all the presidents. Like he wasn't elected? Yeah. Okay. No, he didn't elect. Right. Yeah. So the, his father, he came, he was a soldier in the army, big soldier. He was like leader at the army. So they killed the old president, Shikri and they t- took the lead uh, Syrian president from the they did everything bad. Mm. The you know the, the Syrian lira, lira, it was uh, on dollar, the one dollar three point five Syrian lira at that time. Okay. So it was very powerful economy. Mm. You, know, you know Syria in that time we was making everything, okay. even everything you can imagine. But when Assad came, he did take, took everything for his family. Right. They became uh, the 10 uh, more rich family in the whole world. Right, so the 10th yeah. richest family in, in the, the world. In the whole world, wow. Assad family. Now, yeah. why? Because of Syria. Because they was president for 53 years, so yeah. they stole everything from Syria. Right. Okay? So that's why the there is a few kids. You know, the kids were thinking like, we're just going to write a freedom. Nothing going to happen. Just They are thinking like mm. in kid kid mind. It's yeah. like normal, simple yeah. mind. Simple brain. So they write the word. Uh, the few soldiers, they took the kids, four kids, and they took their nails out. That's right. So they graffitied yeah. on the wall 
and soldiers took their nails, yeah. removed their nails. Yeah, they took out their nails and they, they told their families, don't bring kids ever again. And let those kids at home and don't let them get don't out. Leave, leave the house. Don't let stay them stay at home. Yeah, don't let them leave the house ever. It's not allowed. How, so, how old were these kids, do you think? Like 10 years old, Jesus. 11 years old. Yeah. yeah, like this. So uh, the family was be angry from of this. Course, yeah. Four families. It was in Dara, you know. Uh, state named Dara. It's in the south, next to Israel. I'm sorry, next to Jordan. So they said, the, the families, we want those soldiers who did this to our kids. We want them. Though, so the Assad, he didn't give the soldiers to the families. And that's why, that's how it starts. So all the people, first Dara and after Damascus, they say we want the regime to fall. Right. First, first of all, they said we don't want it to fall. They didn't say we want the regime to fall, but they say we want new things. We want those soldiers and that. So the regime uh, soldiers, they did shot the people. So they wanted the soldiers to be punished yeah. for their actions. Yeah. But instead... Yeah. The soldiers, uh, the soldiers killed. of regime, all Syria, yeah, they shoot the people. They start to kill the people. Start to shoot the people. Yes. Since that time, the re revolution has been turned to a weapon revolution. Right. You know, without yeah. peace revolution. Yeah. And that is the big move in the revolution. And that was since 2011. Yes. Right. This time in 20, uh, 2012. Okay. First, first of 2012. And after what happened, uh, the people, they became Freedom Army. Is he, he said, we are not fall anybody. We are just falling Syrian people. Right. We are Syria people. Mm. So it's the Freedom Army. So they uh, took 85% from Syria, from the regime. So the regime has been left for him just the capital, Damascus. So Peace. just to explain that, so 85% of Syrian people yeah. were part of the Freedom Ar Army? No. No. The Freedom Army, he took 85% from the uh, Syria land, right. from the regime. Okay. They make it free. Right. In that time, the regime has been left just 15% from Syria as a land. Right. You know? So in that time, Saudi Arabia has been came... And Egypt has been came, and they start to give the Freedom Army money. Right. And they said to the Freedom Army, just don't go more. Don't push it. Right. It's like a politics thing. Politics, yeah. So they said, we, the Saudi Arabia, exactly, they, and the U, UAE, you know. Yeah. So they don't want a uh, regime to fall. They don't want Assad to fall. Right. So because because they their their regime is the same thing, right? And if Syria, the regime has been fall, all the Arabic countries will do mm. the same things, right. like Syrian people did, right? So that's why they didn't want the Assad regime to fall. And actually, uh, the Assad regime, it was very complicated thing in the first of all over the first in the revolution because the people give money, not for for anything they give money for something they want to prove for example 
uh, I will come for you, I will tell you, take this money and get out from this land. So you will take the money and you will get out from this land. That's what happened in the beginning. So who was given who was given the money? Uh, three countries, right. exactly. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, and uh, Egypt and Egypt. UAE. You know, United Arab Emirates. United Arabic, yes, Emirates. So those three countries, mm. exactly, they give the money to the freedom, and every time they say, "Get out from this land, get out from this land." So, and that's why, that's how regime has been. He, has retained he, retained, he has retained their power strong yeah retained right. the power like but just um, so I'm clear on this yeah you're saying they these countries paid the freedom army yeah but money. I thought the, but I thought the freedom army were against the regime yeah they are they are against the regime but you know when so I so they want they're paying them because they don't want them to be like against the regime the freedom army no so. they don't want the freedom army to do anything from his mind like he want to. The Freedom Army before before the money mm. before they get paid, yeah. they was they were thinking about taking the capital, Damascus. The what? The what? Oh, the capital. Yeah, the capital. Right. So if they took the capital, mm. the regime has been fall. Has right. been it, it, it will fall. It will fall yeah. if they take the capital. So it's okay. simple, but you know the Arabic countries they knew this. Right. And they, they don't want it to fall, so they they're paying them. To, so they're paying them to stay to keep in the their regime lands going. And to give the regime the other lands. So like then, therefore, small... then the Freedom Army is just, or like most people, just going for the money. Yes. They just want the money, that's and it doesn't happened. matter if it's against their beliefs in inverted commas. Exactly. That's why. So they did say that they did that, and they get out from the most of Syrian lands right. like this. And after it, we was having like fifteen percent, fifty percent. I'm sorry, from the so Syria. 50, we have 50%. 50%? Yeah. 50%. 50% okay. from Syria. Right. And uh, the half for the regime also. Right. And then that time, uh, the Freedom Army, they have making like one Freedom Army in one army. Right. Because we have, we was having like so many names, you know, and every name doesn't... So the Freedom Army was split up. Is that what you're saying? Into yeah. different was, armies with different names. And different names. Right. But... And uh, in 2013, they became like a few names, big names, like they are became united. The Iranian people, they knew they they have to help the Assad regime because he will be full. Because even the Arabic countries, after they give the money, they mm. get paid. Yeah. But the Syrian Freedom Army, he was start to realize the uh, Arabic countries, they are like traders, you know. Right. So he started to realize that, so he started to st- st- not get in pain after that. You know, like, we we don't want your money. This, the, the Freedom Army was yeah. saying they don't want the army, don't yeah. money. So Why exactly? Because they know, they realize the Arabic countries, they, they don't want something good. They don't want Assad regime to fall. And ex- exactly because he can take the money, but the Arabic country will say you have to stay in your land. You don't have to st- take any another other lands. You don't have to take anything new from the lands, Syrian lands. You know, you don't have to make the regime Assad regime to fall. That's why. So he knows. So you when you say he, who you talking about? You talking about the the leader of the Freedom Army? Yeah, I'm talking about the leaders. 
Right, of, because, of the separate army. Yeah, okay. separate armies. Right. Because most of them, they realize it, they did realize mm. because of this. And after it, the Iranian army, they bring uh, like mafias, Iranian mafias. Okay. You know? Yes, yeah, so they, br- they brought a militia to Syria. And they start to give them money, like $500 in a month. Okay. Or even $600, $700, even $1,000. So it's all under Assad regime. Because you know the Iranian people, they are dead. They cannot live. Their economy is finished. Is right. They don't have anything. Right. So they start to bring militia to Syria to fight the people, to help the regime. Right. The, and this uh, Freedom Army start to take the weapons from uh, the Syrian regime. We, you know, when we say there is uh, a military piece over there, let's go, let's take uh, their weapons and let's kill them. Mm. There is freedom regime. They start like this, the freedom army, sorry. So they start to getting weapons, uh, big weapons, mm. uh, heavy weapons, freedom army. And uh, uh, where, Iranian, where, where do they get those weapons from? From Assad regime. Right, okay. How? Because we said, if you if you like, for example, we know there is a military piece over there right. for Assad regime. Let's go, let's kill them, and let's take the weapons. Because we need the weapons. Just because I need to get it clear in my head. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, so they're against each other, but they're... But they're Spoils. Dead, but they're, okay, Spoils? But, they're, but they're dealing with each other Spoils. in terms of weapon, yeah. weaponry. No, yes. Yeah, uh, freedom Army, they need weapons. Yeah. Though, so they said. But they're getting to, them from the regime. Yeah. How? But we. They said we have to make a victory in this. There is a military regime. For example, in place named Juba. For example. Right. So we have to take this weapon from the regime, because we need it. Right. Okay. We need the spoils. Right. So they gone. They had. They did gone, and they start to fight over right. there, and they took the land, and they killed the or. So they fought against the regime yeah. in, in a particular city yeah. somewhere and then stole the weapons from them. Yeah, and they took the weapon right, from yeah. the regime. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, the weapons is for the people. It's not for the Assad regime. Right. In Syria, it's not for the Assad regime, yeah. for example. So they took the spoils okay. of the Assad regime and started to fight in, in that weapons. Right. That's uh, how. So it gets started. So the Iranian militia has been they did came mm. you know like six hundred dollars they get paid seven hundred dollars eight hundred dollars and uh, you know the Iranian people very poor people mm. like they their economy is finished yep and after the regime has been uh, even he did brought like uh, Iraq militia Afghanistan militia they brought from all the world mm. like just people to fight for him. For the money, you know. Right, yeah. So that was very hard on the regime and also on the freedom army because, uh, you know, you cannot fight all the those countries, all those no. people. Even the freedom army, it was like one hundred thousand people, or one, it's or a little bit more also. Yeah. But you know, they brought a people from everywhere, and you know, the regime they have like six thousand tank. 6,000 tanks. Yeah, it's wow. between the uh, strongest army in at the Middle East, right. our regime. Okay. So, 6,000 tanks, it's not so easy to fight those. Where did they or, get those tanks from? Uh, the regime, they just 
but brought it from Russia, you know, right. some of them, for, most of them from Russia, okay. you know. The Syrian freedom, they start to take those tanks, you know, like destroy those tanks, sometimes to take it as, as spoils. And uh, the Freedom Army has been take like heavy weapons, like tanks, like BMB, mm. all those. And they did became like big army. Mm. But they didn't unite it. They didn't become a united army. Right, so there's lots it's of different armies. Yes. But they're not working together. together. They're not working right. together. Unfortunately. So uh, on two, in 2015, uh, 2013, the regime started to founding the normal innocent people who who did not belong to anyone not belong to the regime and not belong even to the freedom right. but the regime start to bound them on the house just this word pounding I don't, that sounds a bit wrong i don't know what pound pounding is not like that i'm pounding yes do you mean like beating like beating them and it's like killing them pounding and, and yeah. beating them in yeah. the rockets you know killing them yeah essentially yeah yeah okay killing them in the rockets in the airplanes you know truck bomb yeah, bombing, bombing them, them yeah. yeah bombing them so uh, they start to make this even the innocent people like uh, kids mm. six years old seven years old mm. he start to kill everyone in the freedom army territory right the freedom army in his territory if someone he didn't belong to him mm. he didn't say anything it's your right okay. but don't say you want the Assad regime to stay right stay between you can say in, at the middle no right problem in the middle yeah yeah but the asset he didn't let this happen not in his territory and not even in the freedom army territory he was bombing everyone right you know even the kids like two years old three years old yeah. women's kill everyone and that's why he did uh, stay the regime did stay in syria right in 2015 the uh, Assad regime has been realized he cannot fight after this because the economy, the economy is destroyed. The people, no one likes Assad. So in the Assad, it's when it was very tired from the war. Assad regime, you know, as a yeah. regime, yeah. you know, they they took help from Russia. So when Russia did came, they change everything. They make the Assad regime survive. And they killed everyone, and they make a fierce campaign right. on the people. Yeah, it's the biggest campaign. So the Russian army came to Syria. Came to Syria. Yep. The Assad took help from them. Yep. And the Russian army they, they came to Syria. Yep. Uh, to help Assad regime to stay to survive from right. this revolution to stay. Uh, stay in power. Stay in power. Exactly. Yep. So uh, the Russian army they did try everything. All kinds of weapon, mm. the chemical weapon, the napalm, you know, napalm bombs, you know, like Na napalm, napalm, yeah, bombs, yeah, bombs yeah. everything. They try everything, and they're just they're obviously doing it for money, and they're just being told what to kill, yes. to kill, to kill, everyone. just to kill the people, and just to take the, you know, they took the. And what do they get out? What do they? Um, what does the regime get out of that? The regime. Ki yeah, killing all these people. What does it get out of it? Does he will get out from, you know, when you make all the people get afraid, mm. don't get out in another revolution. I will stay on you. I will stay in the power. Right. You cannot make me go. Okay. I will stay. Right. I can make all the people in Syria go, but I, I will stay. Right. Even if I was alone. 
Right. That's what he's tried to say to the people okay. in this way. And actually, he did kill everyone, literally. Even he was bombing his, his territories. And he was saying the Freedom Army, they was bombing our territories. But right. he was bombing... But he was, he was yeah, killing he was them, saying it was a Freedom them. Army. And it, right. his, it is his territory. It's like insane mm. thing. Everything they can use, they can use it, they try it. Mm. So Russia, they was happy because Russia now is taking our country. Literally. Right. They took all our economy, they took all our oil, our gold. You know, Syria, there is a lot of gold in Syria. Uh, there is uh, uh, a huge anim- animal wealth, you know. Wealth. Well, wealth. Yeah. But from a what? Huge animal wealth. Yeah. Animal wealth. Yeah. Was that a huge, there's, there's lots uh, of animals there. Yeah. No, they like for. <laughs> I will say. Like for farms, they get uh, uh, the there's food. Lo- there's lots of farms with animals. Yeah, a lot of farms, okay. not just animals. Just, I mean, that like fruit. Yeah, of course. In Syria yeah. land, vegetation. Can, yeah, yeah, the vegetation uh, wealth it was very huge in Syria. Okay. So that's why they want. And you know, Russia mm. is between the freezing country, so you cannot frozen country. You cannot. Uh, I see. You cannot find everything you want, like right. a fruit, like everything. Mm. But in Syria land is a great thing that you can do anything in the Syria land, like fruit, right. anything. So that's Russia also what want. What they, right, want. they wanted that yeah. as well. They want the the land, they want the oil, they want the uh, seaways, you know, ways okay. on the sea, yeah, yeah. you know. So it's the Syria uh, territory, it was very important for them. It's a very good uh, place for them, mm. like in the middle, between Turkey, between Iraq, between Israel, mm. you know. So that's why he, they did to help the regime to survive. So that just warms you up, the first part of my chat with Benji. In tomorrow's podcast, you are going to get into the quite moving story about his his family, his mother, um, what happened to him, and his enrolment in the army please do join and uh, subscribe if you would be so kind and share it and even comment on it and if and, and rate it rate it and please five star reviews if you'd be so kind thank you very much bye bye